right, it's time for another amazing story. I have Amanda with me today. She has worked as a special education teacher coming on her eighth year now. Whoop, whoop. She did three years in Ohio and is now coming on her fifth year in Tennessee. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on today. Can you tell me why do you love teaching special education? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, there's so many reasons that I love, you know, teaching special ed, but I would say the, the biggest reason that I love it and the thing that keeps me coming back every day is just my kids and all their little quirks and their personalities and watching their success and watching them grow. I mean, it's, there's nothing like it when you see a kid go from so people thinking that they can't do anything and then being able to see all the potential that they can reach. So, you know, that, and then just all, they're just so funny. I mean, and we, myself and my parents were just constantly sharing stories of things our kids say and things our kids do. And it's just, it's just never ending. So it's always an adventure every day we go. That's what I say. I always call it an adventure. Yeah. Each day is an adventure. Yeah. And like I said, all the kids, I mean, the things that they come up with and just their little, their little personalities. I mean, like I, I have one kid who, I mean, he came in the other day and it was so funny. I, I was eating some popcorn at my desk and he comes in, he goes, Hey, Hey, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm good. He goes, is that popcorn? I was like, yeah. He goes, you're my favorite teacher. You are so pretty. I just love you so much. And I just looked at him, I was like, do you want some popcorn? I would love some popcorn. And you know, then we had the exchange of how do you ask if you would like something? So it's just funny, you know, the, it just, it's always, they're always learning and there's always an opportunity to teach them in every little thing that they do. It's just so fun. So agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I know you have some amazing stories and so many of them, but tell me one story that made you the teacher that you are today. Yeah. So I would say, so I had a student who he'd come to me. Um, I was about a week away from getting married. <laughs> so I was already very overwhelmed. <laughs> Uh, I was very excited, but I was very overwhelmed. We were about to go into fall break, and I got this student, and he he was nonverbal, and he was deaf. And I've worked with many nonverbal students, but I've never worked with a student who was deaf. So that was, to me, I was like, okay, this is going to be a new challenge. But I was super excited, and, you know, I looked I looked to my other teachers. I actually had a teacher who I, who I still work with, who uh, her parents are deaf, so she's fluent in sign language. So her and I worked together a lot to figure out how to communicate with this child and how to reach him. But I just feel like it was one of those situations where he came in and there were so many people who were like, I don't know what he knows. I don't know how much he can learn. And I was like, nope, I will show you how much he knows and I will show you how much he can learn. Um, so we had him for a year and a half. And I'll tell you, he came into me. He had no um, real form of communication. He had really no way to communicate to the outside world, his feelings, his thoughts, his needs, his wants. Um, so that was the first step. You know, we, we worked to get him some type of communication. It started with cards and then we were able to give him an iPad, a communication device. And he just excelled with that. Once you gave it to him, I mean, he didn't stop talking. <laughs> it was like, he just had so much to say. And this, this boy had so much personality. I mean, one of the things about him that was so funny is he loved sports. He was one of those kids that he could never just throw his paper towels away. It was always a basketball game. It was always 
him, the basketball, the paper towel, and he had to have an audience. So whenever he always looked at everyone, like everyone watching, you guys see what I'm doing now? Um, so again, he just lied in my life, but he, he came in again. No one really knew what he knew. Um, came in, you know, we tried to figure out if he knew his numbers, if he knew quantities and, you know, we had a basic understanding, but I, what I learned was his, his biggest roadblock was the communication piece both ways, not just him communicating to us, but taking the time to really get to understand how can I reach him? What materials do I need? What can I do so that I can get this information to him? And once I figured that out, my parents helped me figure it out. This other teacher helped me figure it out. He grew leaps and bounds. He left me when he, so he's now in fifth grade. And when he left my classroom, first off, one of the hardest last days of school I've ever had was last year when he left my room. <laughs> um, but when he left my room, he knew like over 80 sight words on his device. He was able to, you know, speak in sentences. He was able to read stories to us. Um, and that was just in reading. I mean, in math, I feel like if I could have had another year, and I'm sure the next teacher with him is, you know, almost there too, but I feel like he's so close to being back onto grade level just because it just takes that time to figure out what, what do I need to get this information to him? Because it goes both ways, that communication piece. It goes both ways. But like in math, I mean, he was adding and subtracting multi-digit numbers. We were doing fractions. We were, do it was just amazing. And by the end of it, it was like when he was, when he went to his next school and, you know, the summer was there and you just sit back and you reflect and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can't even believe how much progress he made. And it just, it just took that really getting to know him and figuring out what worked for him. And he just excelled. And after that, I just, it made me feel like if I can reach this kid who I was really nervous at first of like, how, how am I going to do this? We were able to figure it out. So by that time I was like, you know what, if I can reach this kid, I can reach any kid that comes to me. And it just really made me, you know, the teacher that I am today. So awesome. Well, because like you said, you mentioned you dealt with like a lot of strategies to mm -hmm. get, go about that. Tell me more of like how many strategies, what did you have to like think of? How did you come up with the like get to, how did you come up with all these strategies? And then how did you know which ones really he was understanding? I mean, it was a lot of trial and error. <laughs> I will say that it was a lot of trial and error. Um, and it really depended on what we were trying to learn. It took a lot of visuals, um, a lot of hands-on uh, manipulatives. Um, I would say visuals were probably the main thing. If he just had a way to communicate it, um, videos helped a lot. Um, he would watch videos and that would kind of help him. Having a peer do it with him, that was huge. Once I, I paired him with a peer and, um, you know, I put him in another group and it not only made him feel like, oh, I'm just like all my other peers, it also, he got to watch them. And then he was like, cool, I can do that too. And then he would do it as well. So there were many, many, many strategies, but I would say, you know, the biggest ones were just having all the visual support and then making sure that there was a way that if I asked a question, he had a way to communicate an answer to me. And that's whenever I created any type of assignment, any type of activity, any type of game that was at the top of the list. I had to make sure that if I was going to do it with him, he had a, a way to communicate the answer to me. Because mm -hmm. if he didn't have that, there was no way that he would be able to tell me the answer. Or I'd be able to 
know if he knew it or not. And he did that with his peers as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, no, and it was. It was, that was probably my favorite part was, you know, watching him academically. But once you got him that communication device and even just that confidence, once he, you know, he was with his peers and he was in his classroom and he was in the lunchroom and he was at recess and he played and he would talk to them and, and it was so cute. His peers would start to learn to talk to him. They would even ask like the pairs that were with him. They would ask like, how do I tell him this? How do I sign? How are you? Um, how do I say, do you need help? So it was like a whole team effort. It was the pairs. It was his classmates. It was him. It was just amazing to watch how everyone came together to help this kid become so successful. Yeah, that is amazing. I love hearing stories like this. It is yeah. just it's great because sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to get there. And once they got it, they're going to go. They're going to be so successful. Absolutely. And that's what it was. It's like, once you, once you figured out what, what that blocker was of what, what was stopping him from making that progress, once you figured out what that was, I mean, he just soared and it was just amazing to see. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That was, oh, I love those stories. That's that's why we're special education teachers, right? It, really is. <laughs> it really is. All right. Well, that's a wrap. And stay tuned for more stories to come. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about the Capable Podcast. And Amanda, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Wow.